Hello and welcome to Multifamily Real Estate Investing presented by Mara Poling. My name is Pat Poling. I'm the founder and CEO of Mara Poling. Happy to join you each week to discuss interesting topics in the multifamily real estate investing space. And today we're going to do something that I don't think we've done in a while. Maybe we haven't done it before. I know we've done it on some of our web sessions, on some of the webinars. But today we're going to look at the anatomy of a deal. We're going to take a look at an active acquisition that we are currently working on and go through some of the high points, the elements that we pay attention to, the types of things that we're really focused on as we're working through these initial steps of the underwriting process and where that's going to lead us in terms of what the next steps are. Now, if you've been listening for a while, uh, it's possible that you attended last week's session on underwriting multifamily real estate. If you did not get a chance to do that, please go to the Learning Center at marapolling.com and you'll find a link there to the recording. And if you shoot me an email, I'll be happy to send you a copy of that presentation. If you like this podcast, you may be interested in that content as well. So again, that's the Learning Center at marapolling.com. So you go to marapolling.com, M-A-R-A-P-O-L-I-N-G.com and click on the Learning Center page and you'll find all sorts of great content there. Underwriting Multifamily Real Estate will be there. And if you have questions or you'd like a copy of that presentation, shoot me an email, pat at marapolling.com and I'll be happy to help you with that. So we're going to take a look at the anatomy of a deal. Now, we do not make public statements when we are in the process of negotiating or even when we're under contract. Once we're under contract, we'll communicate with our members about acquisitions, but we generally do not put information out there publicly. So we're not going to use names or specific locations but we're gonna talk about all the things that go on and where we are. Now, this is an action that we've been working on for maybe a month. Uh, this particular property came into our sites not long ago, and we began looking at it in earnest. It's a good sized property, a few hundred units. It's a class B asset. We like class Bs. It's the Goldilocks class. We've got some content in previous sessions that you'll find uh, interesting if you'd like to learn more about Class B. In this day and age right now, with everything that's going on in the economy or not going on, depending upon your point of view, Class B is really valuable. Insulated from some of the economic impacts that are affecting Class A, still able to perform and generate uh, good cash flows. And these are performing assets. All the assets that we look at from an acquisition standpoint, we wanna find assets that are performing. And if you're looking to invest with more polling or a firm like us, these are the things we would suggest you pay attention to or that you ask questions about when you're making a decision as to whether or not that's a firm that's a good fit for you. 
These are conservative, lower risk strategies. Now, if you're building your own portfolio, we absolutely would suggest that you follow these same approaches. You may be dealing though with single families or duplexes or triplexes or fourplexes, the residential size of multifamily. 90% of what we talk about here is applicable there, but not all of it. There's definitely some work that is a function of scale. As I said, this property's got a few hundred units in it. There's absolutely some scale benefits to having a few hundred units as opposed to owning a triplex. So a light value add, we have from our underwrite a range of performance numbers. We have our target price that we'd like to get an asset for, and we have a not to exceed number. And those give us some cap rate analysis. As we've said before, don't focus a lot on cap rates. Uh, it's an interesting number. We do take a peek to see how it compares to what else is going on in the marketplace. I probably pay a little more attention to cost per unit, cost per door, than I do to cap rate. And so we've ended up here with a range of performance, right? We, we could be, and I'm just going to use these as examples for this particular one. We could be at, say, 7.5% or 8% cash all the way up to maybe 10% cash. And maybe we're at 14, 15, 16% total return, upwards of maybe 20% or more. And the reason there's a range in there is we're conservative in everything that we forecast. And it's also early in the process. We're not yet to a place that we're closing on this asset. And we're going to continue to learn. So there's some variability in these numbers as we go forward. Now, this is in an asset, uh, pardon me, in a, a market that we are very happy with. We like this uh, marketplace and we look to do more here in the future. It is in Texas. We like Texas, as many of you know. Uh, and so there's kind of a high level overview of what that kind of a deal looks like. Now, when you look at the marketplace, there's two items we have identified. There's a rent differential between the existing asset and where the market is from a competitive standpoint for similarly appointed assets. So for similar kinds of interiors, similar sorts of amenities, there's a rent differential there. Let's just call that rent differential $50. So in other words, without spending any money to make any improvements, rents could move $50. We would look to underwrite something less than that, although it's possible we'll actually achieve that entire number. And we're also looking at doing some value-add improvements, in particular unit improvements. And again, there's an opportunity to add some additional rent on top of that market move I just described based on doing these improvements. So let's say that that's another $50. Now I'm going to talk in a moment about how we underwrite against those numbers. Okay, now as I said, this is in one of our Texas markets that we like. There's about 11 or 12 that we like in Texas. We're predominantly active in the triangle, so Dallas, Fort Worth, Houston, San Antonio. But we also like a number of other markets that are either along those corridors or adjacent to them. This 
market has uh, good income, good economic growth, a nice diverse employment sectors, retail, healthcare, manufacturing, education, and the schools and crime for the submarket that we're looking at are solidly where we would like them. We don't look to purchase assets that are in the very, very best school districts or have the very lowest crime rates. We don't need to be there. But we also don't want to be in neighborhoods that have a crime or safety issue and that don't have good quality schools. So we like to be in those middle quartiles. This particular market has no new supply of Class B units coming online anytime soon, and the forecast is showing very little activity, if any, over the next handful of years. As I said, there's a rent differential that's fairly significant. And while, say, there's $50 available to us on the change to market, we might only underwrite $30 of that leaving ourselves some additional upside and reducing the downside risk. Likewise, on the rent improvements from value add work, again, if it's $50, we might only underwrite $30 or $35 of that. And again, it's because we want to be on the conservative side of that. Now, if that puts us in a position where that value add work doesn't make sense, then that was probably not really good quality value add work in the first place because we shouldn't see that amount of shift for the type of rent movement I just uh, described. If that was enough to turn it from a okay deal into a bad deal, then it really wasn't much of a good deal to start with. Now, We've gone through, we've gathered some numbers, we've gathered a lot of data, we're starting to put our underwrite together. But an important part of putting the underwrite together is what's our plan? So in this day and age, with everything that's going on in the economy, we need to give some thought to when might we make some of the improvements we're talking about? When might we look to be moving rents? Right now, there's even a consideration that you need to have of what kind of occupancy can you maintain and what kind of collections will you realize over the next six to 12 months. So we have a conservative plan that we've put together for this particular acquisition that we're looking at. And it's basically focused on us maintaining some of the current performance that's there anticipating actually some reduction in performance, and then looking to begin improvements in earnest sometime next year. We think the property can absolutely perform better than that, but again, we wanna be on the conservative side of the look. Now, that means if we've gone and reduced our downside risk from 50-50 down to 40% or 30% or maybe even down to 20%, that does mean that we've increased the upside potential. And obviously those would be realized if you grew the rents all the way to the full market or better, if you were able to uh, achieve or even exceed the competition in terms of improved unit rents, 
Um, that's going to throw off a lot more cash. As it does, you've got a chance to reinvest that cash or to take some of it out and uh, deploy that to investors. And that positions us for an early exit. About 50% of the properties that we have ever undertaken, we have exited early. And it comes from this upside potential that's baked into these deals. And obviously the good job that the team did in terms of executing those particular plans. Now, when we get to this point, it's where we really need to tighten up on the numbers and get into the specifics of the deal. What's the purchase price we're looking at? Again, we've got a range, our target price up to a not to exceed. What kind of debt is gonna be available to us? There's a lot of different types of debt available right now. Some are structured very differently than they have been in the past in terms of reserves and other items. So it's very important to make sure you really understand everything that's going on. And as I said before, if you're looking to invest with a sponsor, someone like us or actually with us, you may ultimately not care a great deal about each of these individual items because that's what you're looking for us to do. But we do want to make sure that we do our job today in educating everyone that these items are part of the process and the sponsor you choose to work with, or if you do this work on your own, absolutely needs to keep their eye on the ball. And debt and lending is an important part of that process, especially in today's environment. Now, from there, you're going to end up, once you have some debt put together, you're going to be able to go through and identify all the cash that's needed to close, the money you're going to need for initial capital improvements, what we're going to have to set aside in terms of reserves, the costs of acquiring the loan and the other acquisition expenses, and put all that together and into the underwrite it goes. Now from there, we're going to get a forecast of performance. We generally underwrite over 10 years, although we don't plan on holding assets that long. We'd like to see what the performance looks like over a longer period of time. And so the underwrite I have in front of me right now runs out 10 years and it shows us from gross scheduled income all the way through uh, vacancy and other income, all the OPEX items, all the way down to a net operating income. And then from there, the cash that's derived from that, as well as the equity growth when an exit cap is applied to it. Now, if you'd like to learn more about the math, that's involved in everything I just rambled through, then go to the Learning Center uh, at marapolling.com and you want to register for Math for Multifamily Real Estate. That is the next web session we have coming up. It is going to be on Thursday the 23rd, I believe is the date. Uh, you can actually see the date there on the website. I think it's the 23rd. If you are able to make it, great. If you are not able to, or if you know right now that you're not going to be available to attend, please go register anyway. That will guarantee you that I send you a link to the recording and a copy of the presentation material. And that's where we're going to walk through the math that we do in order to actually make all of this work. So once we have that NOI, then we can go through and we can make some determinations as to what the cash performance is going to look like. And as I said, based on the growth in that NOI and what we forecast exit caps to be, 
we can make a determination as to what type of exit price we'll get and therefore the equity growth that we will realize. Exit cap's a critical number. It is probably one of the most common places that I see uh, others underwriting with um, too much aggressiveness. If the market right now is a six cap, then I would be underwriting something higher than six for an exit cap. Uh, I always want to bet uh, against the house, if you will. I, I want to be in a position where I'm forecasting that cap rates are going to go up and there'll be some suppression on price growth. Hopefully that's not the case and we really haven't seen a lot of cap rate movement in the last handful of years. However, that doesn't mean we won't have some in the future and we don't want to fall into the trap of purchasing a property because we've convinced ourselves it's a good property when really we aren't growing NOI, we're just forecasting a lower cap rate. That doesn't do us or anyone else any good. All right, so we've put all of that together. So what do we do next? Well, we need to continue our process. We need to visit properties. We need to write letters of intent. We need to work on getting contracts put in place and then moving through the formal due diligence and the finance approval process. It's a lot of steps involved. But hopefully today gave you an understanding as to what those initial elements are that we look at when we're working on a new acquisition. As I said, if you've got questions, you can shoot me an email, pat at marapolling.com. Please visit the Learning Center, take a look at the content that we have there, and please register for this upcoming web session. Don't forget to listen each and every week as we always post new content every Tuesday. Thank you, and I look forward to seeing you next time on Multifamily Real Estate Investing, presented by Mara Poland.